and a sharp bark from Thorleaf's dog Paws announced the arrival of the wagon. Andrew headed for the door, skidded to a stop on the braided oval rug, and spun around. He grabbed his lunch pail and slate off the table and headed back outside. Andrew! Another screeching halt. This time he ran back to his mother, gave her a peck on the cheek, suffered through a hug, and danced out to the wagon. Thorleaf, who had grown so over the summer that the two of them stood nearly eye to eye, looked to his mother and shook his head. Andrew, he gets kind of excited. With that, he took his own things, tipped his head for a quick kiss on the cheek and a pat on the shoulder, and joined Andrew in the wagon box behind their uncle Lars. Hamre, their twelve-year-old distant cousin who had come from Norway the year before with Bridget, sat on the seat beside the driver. The family resemblance was so strong that a stranger would have thought the three were brothers. While he nodded at their greeting, he, as usual, said nothing. Bridget and Astrid came out of the springhouse to wave them off, and Ingeborg did the same from the top of the steps. A running figure caught the wagon before they passed the barns. Baptiste, dark hair flying as he leaped in great strides, swung into the back of the wagon as it kept on rolling. Grandson of Metis, the French Indian friend of the family and Thorleaf's best friend, Baptiste would rather be hunting and fishing out on the land he loved. He suffered school for his friend's sake and because Metis insisted that he learn to live in the white man's world. Thanks to Metis and her grandson, the settlers of Blessing, mostly the Bjorklands, had learned to live off the land too. Metis taught Ingeborg about the healing herbs growing around them and how to use them. He almost waited too long, huh? Bridget said, her basket full of eggs, a crock of buttermilk, and a haunch of venison Baptiste had brought them two days earlier. Astrid carried an egg carefully in each hand. Yeah, that rascal. Ingeborg drew in a deep breath. Someone already had their smokehouse going. Must be Metis with the venison. This would be her first winter in the frame house Hocken and Lars had built for her on her three acres by the river. A haze lay across the land blurring the edges of trees and the cattle out in the pasture. Geese and ducks sang their leaving song in the skies above, their V-formations nearly clouding the sun at times. Off in the field she could see Hawken waving at the passing wagon. Row after row of black soil rolled over from the blade of his plow as he and the team made their way back and forth across the wheat fields. All of the prairie land they owned was now broken to the plow except for the acres they kept for hay and pasture. Ingeborg glanced up at the sky again. What she wouldn't give to take the gun this afternoon and go bag some geese, both for the meat and the feathers. They never seemed to have enough down for the pillows and feather beds, and roast goose would be such a treat. If she were lucky, she might even get a deer. With all the land settled around them, the deer had become more scarce so close to home. All good reasons. With the boys back in school, they wouldn't be able to hunt as they had lately, so... So why not me? If Bridget is too scandalized by my britches, well, she... she can just live with it. So what if it isn't exactly ladylike? Hawken would roll his eyes and tease her about her need to be out in the woods, but as long as she didn't insist on working the fields, he'd allow her this. Karin would shake her head, but it would all be worth it to walk free in the woods and fields. Maybe she'd find a hazelnut bush or a bee tree... She could feel the anticipation welling within her like a spring newly uncapped. Freedom. Freedom from the hot kitchen, four walls and hampering skirts. But in the meantime, she'd better get the bread to rising. We're going to need more desks, 
Pastor Solberg thought as he counted the children lining up from the smallest to the largest in front of the school door. A bit of a scuffle ensued toward the end of the ranks where the bigger boys vied for position. A wagon coming from the north promised more pupils. He'd have to talk to Olaf Wold and see when he could have time to build a couple more tables and benches. But for now they'd have to crowd closer together. Children, quiet now, please, count off. He nodded to Ellie Peterson Wold. You begin. One. One. She glanced over her shoulder to Andrew Bjorkland. Two. He looked toward the wagon. Deborah will be three. Two girls jumped from the wagon and raced toward the lineup. Sorry. Manda Norton McAllister panted as she skidded into her place in front of Thorleaf. You're three, Andrew whispered to Deborah, loud enough for the crow flying above to hear. No, I ain't. I'm five, Deborah hissed back, stepping into place behind him. We're numbering off, John explained, hiding the